Well, hello, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are around the world. Welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast for another episode. Episode number 180-something or other. Uh, it's a pleasure to bring the podcast to you on a weekly basis with my wonderful podcast co-host, uh, the Magic Mike Caridi, and, of course, the Rocket Man, who put in an extra shift on the weekend. And I've got to say, it was a great extra shift, so we're going to congratulate the guys as we bring them in. But um, it's been a, been another big week, you know, fresh batch of footies arrive. We'll talk more about that. We'll, of course, talk about the wrap-up of the PJ. What a, what a climax, and uh, the guys are waiting to bring it on. So let's bring them in. Good evening. Uh, welcome back to the podcast for your third time in seven days. My second. Uh, I didn't even get to have to push the buttons on the weekend. Um, well done on putting an extra shift in, and uh, congratulations on uh, the, the the results. I'm not sure, and we're not doing it for the results. So I'm not sure if that's the right thing to say, but congratulations on bringing more information and really good, high quality information and very accurate information to the people that listen. And, uh, and I know you all both had a, uh, a number of bits of feedbacks independently from your own individual fans as your personal brands grow um, on the week's podcastery uh, wrapping up uh, not wrapping up well, that's what we're doing now but re- previewing and then doing the cut podcast of the PGA um, so well done you know look forward to the expenses claims coming through I'm not looking forward to um, the traveling uh, roving reporters traveling expenses coming through as he said that he should be sending them through uh, the doc who was on the ground if you didn't pick that up listeners doc was on the ground marketing was on the ground at Tulsa uh, at the PGA and um, gotta say uh, there's some validity in being close to the action and sen- getting a sense for what actually happens. Uh, Rocket, how are you? You well, mate? To say I'm tired would be an understatement. I'm a little <laughs> bit exhausted this week. Besides the golf, uh, a lot of other things going. You know, I'd, I've got, I've had one kid down with with the the spicy cough. And then wife had wisdom teeth out, so she has she's been in recovery. So with everything going on, I was um, I was actually banished. I, I I don't even know if this was punishment. So I was banished to the movie room because I was the one dealing with the uh, the child and the children that were sick. Uh, wife not being uh, needing to recover and not wanting to get sick, so she was like isolating away from everyone. So I wasn't even allowed to sleep in in the uh, the rocket boudoir. And uh, so I got I got banished to the movie room, which meant, guess what? Full control of the TV. You know, I got to watch every. I was doing the night shift, doing the night shift, watching watching uh, all the feature groups and stuff like that. Having a bit of a nap on the couch, and then kind of wake up, and Mike's already uh, off and running in the group chat, and then finish watching golf. Kids would wake up, and I just repeat that for a few days. Well, uh, you you did get banished to the um, the wing. Uh, it's a fair size wing. You must have had a fair bit of room up there in the in the rocket movie um, theatre room up there. Uh, I did the night shift. I started watching uh, some of the feature groups early on because my golf circadian rhythm keeps me up at that part of the day, not the other part of the day. Uh, I was a fan of Smiley Kaufman, as uh, some of you guys uh, noted. I thought he did a stellar job in the opportunities that he got to talk. Talk more about that later, but uh, I. I do know that you double shifted it because um, 
you know, the phone was the phone's beside my bed and of the WhatsApp vibrating message started about four fifty two AM and it was like every thirty five seconds. And um, you know, so you, you may have copped it at your end off uh Mrs. Rocket, I certainly copped it at my end off Mrs. My Love of Golf. What's that message? It was your phone. It's going off all the time. Sorry, mate. That's those other guys. <laughs> They're up and about. So, uh, yeah, it was good. It was good to uh, catch up. I didn't contribute too much. I didn't need to because it was, I was just participating in the great uh, banter that was going back and forth and the excellent calling. Uh, Magic Mike, how are you? I'm good. I'm better than Rocket though. I'm rested up. I. I had a down pat. I was, uh, yeah, I was on the morning start, so I was pretty, I was pretty much in bed most nights by about nine, nine thirty. Spreadsheet, spreadsheet had you dialed in. What time to go to bed? What time to get up? That's is, it. Is that yeah. part of the data lake system? Yeah. The yep. first thing the data lake system says is put your phone on silent to not have your notifications <laughs> on because <laughs> there's no way my wife would have killed me. That was, amateur, um, that was very amateur move of me. Not to worry. <laughs> but I reckon three thirty, four o'clock every day I was up. I battled after I battled through the day, and you know, a couple of times I might have had a little sneaky nap throughout the day just to get back onto some sort of ability to talk to my wife throughout the the daylight hours. But um, no, I'm I'm back now. I'm ready to go. Ready to go. Well, as you said, you put an extra shift in. Uh, what do you want to talk about the the cut pod and and how great you guys were and getting calling the action well it was good i yeah personally congratulate again i said it at the in- intro but um thank you very much for you know your input to doing that you know you you guys called that you wanted to do it you made it happen you got doc on the line from tulsa to get it up and running you recorded it you sent the recording to me all i had to do was literally press the button as as my one and only job is um and uh, it was great. I listened to it on the way home from work. Uh, I couldn't join you and I didn't need to join you. And that uh, was really good. So I appreciate you doing that. And uh, it was fantastic. So, you know, you got it right. Where did you – let's let's talk about from Saturday morning through to Sunday, you know, what 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 you saw and then what happened. And, and let's talk about that by-play and some of the outtakes from you know, those final two days. A lot of people reported that they thought that the whole tournament was a little bit ho-hum. You know, there's a bit of banter about the, uh, the course and all that sort of thing, which I thought was unfair. But um, let's talk about your experience between Sunday, Saturday morning, and then Monday morning. Um, yeah, look, I, look. The first, I thought the first two days was actually really, really good. The first two days was really good because it was it was kind of weird because you had the the morning morning conditions being tough on day one, and then you know, afternoon conditions being tough on day two, which actually created this really sort of big separation in, in a lot of the field, which we talked about in, in the cut. Um, and then it left a really, we'll call it interesting leaderboard. And I don't, we, you know, Doc was saying that the weather conditions were going to be tough on, on, the, um, on the Sunday on it's our Sunday, but that third round. But I know when I turned it on for the first part of the late for the for the um the feature groups, like I was like, what is this? <laughs> it was ridiculous. It looks it it looked like there was, oh, I was just the only thing that was missing was sleet. Like I was waiting for it to be like, like some sort of sleet coming through and just freezing everyone up. It looked, 
it looked really cold. And then the wind obviously coming from a different direction. And I didn't actually watch more of the, uh, the early stuff because I did have a big, big nod off. Um, but it was just, it was, that was probably tough to watch because there was, it was a real battle out there. There were some players that were really handling it well, but there was others. It was just, it was literal carnage. And, and that was littered across the whole leaderboard. And, and it's kind of separated a lot of the field and left us with a final round that was, again, even the leaderboard there was quite weird. And it just, it chewed a lot of um, players that we thought would should be near the top and making their push. It really, I think it really chewed them out. And then I, uh, you know, also the, uh, the people that have the criticism of the course, uh, you know, I look at the players that did that. And as far as I'm concerned, I actually think they're, I don't think they really understand what they're talking about. And I reckon they're just pampered, whingy, sookie bubs. That's what they are. You know, like Pat and Kazai, like talking about how the course is overrated. You know, I, I think he's overrated. I think he overrates his own talent. Like that, <laughs> Here's the thing, is that course, that course is an absolute gem. It's an absolute classic. It's been restored to its its natural habitat. And you've got one of the great, one of the great under under underrated and underheralded you know course architects ever doesn't get talked about in the big ones in Perry Maxwell and designed some really weird complex greens great routing and you know sure maybe they set it up a little bit weird in some places and you know, Smiley Kaufman talked about that on the no laying up one when he talks about pin positions and stuff like that they could have done things differently but you know every tournament's going to be like that. But that course, here's the thing, that that course asks a lot of questions of a player's game. And we can say one thing for sure. Patton Kazaya has no answers. No answers. You know, F for you, buddy. Piss off. <laughs> it, was, it, it was strange. Like, I, I don't see how anyone could have any real complaints about it. It's a major. It. Yeah. It's a major. And, and here's the other thing I really loved about the setup. There was bugger all rough, especially around the greens, and it really tested people's game. Like it, like there were ones. I reckon there were certain players that were not used to missing a green, and all of a sudden they've got a thirty yard. They've got a decision between: do I putt it, chip and run it, flop it? Where do I do it? How do I do that? Off yeah. a tight lie, under pressure. Yeah, the the bad shot rejections were, um, you know, really right. te- really tested really tested them, really tested them, put them in some. And there were some great up and downs. I can't remember who it was, but um, you know some of the, the the highlights that I saw. You know, some there were some great, excellent examples of some short game uh, around there. But uh, a few people not so good as well. But um, bunkering it was just beautiful. I, I thought it was great. Um, I I really did like and enjoy uh, sharing Herbie's commentary about uh, Peninsula Kingswood. I have the Peninsula Kingswood hat on tonight, uh, as well as my uh, brand new My Love of Golf uh, hoodie, limited edition. Uh, but uh, yeah, Herbie did did say that it reminded him of what he claimed as his favourite course. Um, and uh, there was a little bit of a message interchange between Herbie and I. He, he sent me a message um, regarding his thoughts on Peninsula Kingswood, which were quite positive. We'll just leave it at that. But um, but uh, it was good to hear from the big fella mid-competition. Uh, and um, anyway, Herbie... Herbie yeah, all in all, Herbie had a great finish. Um, you know, he had some had some opportunities, but uh, anyway, we're not going to talk about Herbie at the moment. But anyway, um, Herbie did think that Peninsula Kingswood was great, but uh, it was good to hear from him. 
Anyway, what was next? So, Mike, Data Lake. Data Lake provided some excellent uh, analyses and information to some of the people uh, this week. Did yeah, uh, it was a good um, it was a good start to the week. I don't think we talked about it on Saturday, um, but yeah, the tips that I that I posted uh, on Twitter had a few picks for first round leader and and even though we didn't get it because Rory drained a 20-something footer on round one to snip Will Zalatoris, who was in the picks. Um, we didn't get the first round leader, but there was a few bets, including some of mine, to for those people to be finishing in the top 20 after round one. And with four out of five uh, doing that, that was a very, very good start to the week. So the data lake provided there. And then, um, yeah, all up over, you know, there's a few people that follow the picks and JT was in the picks. So JT was the second pick on the list. So there's a few people that got on board. Um, one solid bet that got forwarded back to me, which I showed you guys, who the person will remain nameless. But yeah, that was a very solid, uh, very solid win. So uh, one, one thing we did talk about on the Data Lake on the Saturday is um, is uh, the, uh, the Formula One test driver. <laughs> Neato, yeah. So it's funny because... Uh, the other podcast that I did last week, the, the gambling one, because when, Ross, you said read out your top 16, and I read it out, and number 15 on the list was Mito. And um, when I did oh. this other podcast, this guy, as he's smoky for the week, picked Mito at 250 to 1. And I was thinking to myself, oh, I remember saying Mito's name in that list. Um, so, yeah, top rope. young. And I top think rope I remember tradition. I said that, yeah, Data Lake is undefeated. Yeah, so top rope, top rope had him, and and um, yeah, he was in tears on Monday morning. Top, but, top um, rope, how would top rope have been feeling when he saw that final drive of Mito? He probably he's probably played golf and been in a it, position where he's put a swing on a club on a on a shot like that himself. You know, it was just yeah. such a under pressure golf swing. You know, we've all done it. You know, like that that it was a very relatable thing to see. Um, yeah, we'll talk about Mito Pereira in a minute, but it was a relatable thing to see. It was terribly tragic for the young man, but um, it was top top rope would, would have been absolutely yeah, rope, filthy. To be honest, I think most people, um, I think most people blame. I think the not I won't say blame, but I think a lot of people asked a question as to why the caddy didn't say, "You're not hitting that club." I think that the people that that watch golf and and probably understand golf a bit more than that is. There was no reason not to hit driver. If that was a club that fits, then hit it. You know what I mean? Like, and a JT hit driver. There was no problem with his shot. It just looks poor because he came with a bad result. That they go, well, you shouldn't have hit that. It's like, yeah, but nine times out of ten, that's not not the result. So you can't say he shouldn't have hit it. Um, it was a poor swing. It was that really short, sharp. He sort of almost carved straight across it. Um, it was funny in the post round interview because they said to him, you know. Um, you know, how are you feeling, whatever else. And he goes, look, to be honest, when I hit it, I, I didn't even think of the water. He, he just wasn't even – he the water wasn't in his mind. Like, he didn't even think that it was he, – he, as he was kind of like, after he hit, he's like, oh, God, there's actually water there. Like, he had it, – it was not on the cards at all in his brain. He was just trying to punch one down there. Uh, there was a lot of chat around his demeanour as he finished on 17 – move towards the tee and the whole process and, you know, it sort of goes towards, you know, a lot of the work that uh, Jamie would do with one of his clients, how, and it compared, 
um, you know, his actions to JT and Mito's actions were like short, sharp. You know, he didn't look at any putts. Um, he walked quickly. He just got in there and got it done where JT slowed down, took a long drink of the water, moved slowly, moved with, you know, purpose, but just slowed everything down. Yeah. And, and Target factor. Yeah. And that seemed to be probably what, you know, who knows, we're not made at Pereira, but, you know, as I said, we've all put swings on shots where we've tried to steer and get a result and, you know, put swings on it like that. And it was just, anyway. Um, but, yeah, it was interesting interesting to see, you know, the it would have been a fairy tale ending for the young man to, um, you know, make par on the last and win the thing, or and uh, but it didn't happen. So um, who you got? Oh, you got the lock rockets. If if you if you're watching the uh, YouTube and you get into you know eight or ten minutes look, or seventeen, look, look what Mrs. Rocket and one of the boys made for me. <laughs> look on if, look on the chest. Uh, if you get uh, to um, seventeen minutes in the YouTube channel, uh, the growing YouTube channel, another couple of subscribers during the week. Thanks very much to whoever the two of you were. We would love to love to get to um, a couple of hundred. Yeah, because Mike's got some more cheese to give away. We haven't given away the first one yet. <laughs> I thought you gave away the cheese for 150 uh, subscribers. You haven't, sent, you haven't sent me the list. Oh, I wasn't. Well, what did PK get the cheese for? No, that was for um, commenting on the video. Oh, sorry, we're giving too much. We've clearly got too many giveaways to manage. Oh, okay. Um, well, we've still got 150th giveaway to give away. Um, we're only at 158, so I'm not that far behind. But if you look at Rocket um, Vision, he's got a little Lego man, a little mile of golf Lego man wearing a mile off of golf Lego hoodie, uh, as as we both are, uh, just to take the chat away from Mito Pereira for a second. Uh, Mike's got a um, birdies, uh, birds of condor uh, jumper on. But Rocket and I stand up, Rocket. I stand up for the camera. It's version two that you've got on with the bigger exploded uh, My Love of Golf podcast logo, which was provided by Lynx Life Creative from Scotland. So there's a little bit of Scotland on these these um, um, hoodies. Uh, limited edition. Um, we might talk about how you, how you can get one if you want one because uh, Rock and I have a challenge uh, for June. But anyway, let's go back to Mito Pereira. We were talking and joking how, uh, which I thought was quite funny, uh, that you guys had never heard of him and you thought uh, that he's – was more akin to maybe coming from uh, the Formula One world, being a test driver. That uh, yeah, that's what I said. It's Formula One test driver. That's what he sounded like. Mito Pereira. He sounds like someone that should be like driving for McLaren, um, doing doing laps. Test driver at Catalonia, exactly. Yeah. Um. Well, it's interesting, right? So, um, I I wrote a note down, and it's just called the, we'll call it the caddy factor, and you know Mito's. Caddy is uh, Scott McGuinness, who's an Australian, who was Scotty Scheffler's caddy before they parted ways and Scotty teamed up with, um, with Teddy Scott. Now, the Mito had a, had a period in the middle of his round in, in, on, in the third day, so round three, where he just had this really bad stretch and you could see that he was he was going fast then <clears throat> and then at, during periods of the final round you could see that happening and then 17 18 16 I'll probably go 17 18 like the tee shot on 18 um and, and kind of hit, when he finished 17 and then walked to the tee like that was like all of a sudden it's like on the telecast and he's hitting a tee shot 
and it looked like someone had, I don't know, threw a water bottle at him and he was trying to miss it. Uh, but it, it's a lot of things, right? But this is this comes down to the, the team thing, the caddy thing, because, and I'm not going to say he's to blame, but he's it, it's there's responsibility for on the player and also the caddy, right? You, you're you're there to be his everything, like his confidant, his coach, his mentor, his mental coach, his his hype man, his cut man, everything. So he should have diagnosed in the moment that his man had left the putt short in the guts after a bit of a, a, a whiffy sort of bunker shot on, on 17 and his man's got a one-shot lead coming up 18. He just needs to make four, right? So he should have, and I, th- and I thought about this again, like if you read the Shark Attack book, in the final round, I think Shark got off to a bad start and he's walking down the fairway and Pete Bender, who's his caddy at the time, this is 86 open, grabbed him by the back, um, by the back of the pants, grabbed his belt and and held him. And Shark's like, what are you doing? He goes, just walk with me. He goes, what? Just, he said, just walk with me. And he got Shark to s- slow down. So he said, you, you, you just walk with me. So one of the few times Shark's probably listened to someone. And, and kind of that's what, it's, it's, there's a part of me that, you know, maybe that's what, that's what Scott should have been doing. It's like he's coming off 17. He would see his man's already like walking fast. He should have in the moment been like grabbing him and just going, just, just walk with me, mate. Like let's take a long way to the tee, right? And even if he has to say to him, dude, you've got a one-shot lead, right? You've got, you've got a one-shot lead. We just need to get this thing in the fairway, Right. If it means you take driver and just blast it up the left-hand side, just blast away. That's fine if we've got a long long second shot in. It doesn't matter. I just need you to blast this thing up the middle, up the left-hand side. Just give it everything, right? And that's it. You take you take doubt out of his mind. He's not tr- – the, the shot that he hit was if he was trying – needed to make birdie, right, rather than I need four. Hmm. Yeah, look, I mean, yeah, it, it was – yeah, we are just saying like it, it was a poor swing. Like I just quickly had a look then. He hit driver every day, didn't miss a fairway once, except for obviously on 18 on, on the 72nd. And the line is completely different to every other shot that he took. Everything else was out to the left. Now, I think driver was the right club. The direction is nowhere near it, and that's just on the poor swing. But I, I've got no problem with him hitting driver. I mean, he's hitting 200 yards in. If, he's hitting, if he hits I don't a, even know what kind of, I don't know what he was trying no to chance. do. I don't know if he's trying to hit this low bullet and hit this little low running cut. I think he just wanted to get it over and done with, and just was going way too well, fast. I, I still put it on. It's it's the player, pl- the pl- the player's in the moment, and he loses his mind. Right? Yeah. It's 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 incumbent on the caddy to just grab him and know what's going on, and go stop, and basically just go, dude, you've got a one shot lead. You've busted driver up the guts here every day. Just do the same thing again. Just visualize it, grab it, just bust it. If he if he did that, if he did that. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee you he would have smacked he, yeah. he was he was Mito was playing some damn good golf for those last 36 holes, leading pretty much, and there were times when he had a four-shot lead, and then all of a sudden he's tired and he's back and forth, and he was just clutch. He was clutch all day. And he just needed his caddy. Don't I'm not trying to blame his caddy, but he needed his caddy to grab him in that moment and go, dude, stop. You got a one-shot lead. We've busted driver up here every day. Just grab it again and just rip it 
All I want you to do is just rip it. And that's it. That's yeah. it. If he if he does that, if he does that, because he's driving it really well all week, if he does that, hits the fairway, game over. We'd be talking about, you know, the Formula One test driver now getting a, a seat for, for Ferrari, you know. But we're not. Yeah. No, it was classic. Classic anxious anxiety behaviour, classic mental mastery 101. And uh, you, you, you're you right, you know, you, you would just walk away in the moment and just take a few deep breaths. And I don't, you know, I don't know. I've never, uh, you know, I've it, I've only put, what do you say? You know, you see those sorts of swings when, when you're playing with people who, who are staring down 42 points in the Saturday Stableford on the, on the 18th and they put that t- t- sort of swing on it, trying to keep it in the fairway to get, you know, 40 points. And, you know, it's a swing that they've not done all day and then all of a sudden they get this pressure and, uh, you know. I've done all, it. Yeah, everyone's, I, everyone's I, done it. I remember it and it's still etched in my memory and, and, and it, it's, it actually, just thinking about it now makes me feel sick. So I was, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go on a little soliloquy. It was, um, it was uh, Claremont Shield and they have a, like a club team event, four players and you have like foursomes, Foursomes in the morning on day one. Then you have um, singles in the afternoon. And then you have another singles the next day. I think that's right. No, it's 36 holes of foursomes on day one and then 36 holes of singles on day two. And it's like best score, um, top top three scores from the singles and top one from the foursomes. And But part of that, that's like also the end of the year where they, you know, all the scoring trophies and things like that. And they select the state team. And I was putting myself in a position where I was, do I get selected for the state state team or do I not quite make it and, and play um, and get selected in the Colts team? Uh, I'd shot 72 in the morning and I was like two behind. Um, And then I went out and sh- I was, I played in reverse in the afternoon. So I teed off 10 and I shot, I was two over. Actually, no, it's three over, three over for the, for the tournament, standing on my seventh hole, eighth hole, sorry, par five. I've hit driver two on the green, roll one in for eagle. Then I've birdied the next and then I've eagled the next lipped out a chip and then birdied the next. So all of a sudden I'm like five or six under, no, five under in a heartbeat, (laughs) part a couple more. We get to the seventh hole and this is at Claremont, long, long par four. It's one of the hardest par fours in the course. I've rolled one in from 30. So now I'm just like, I'm, it's green light. I'm lights blazing. And the last two holes is a par five and a par four. I've gone back to the tee. And I was just hyped and my old man was catting for me. And I remember the tee shot. And instead of me just going, I hit a bad tee shot, I hit it through the fairway and I was in the tree. So instead of just taking um, an iron and sort of just hitting this low punch and just playing like a three shot hole, me being me, I've gone, I've got a decent light. I reckon I could bust a three wood up onto the green. <laughs> and I caught it a little bit. It came out a little bit high, hit a branch, went into the trees, chipped it out, bup, 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 make double, and then three putt the last. 
and I lose I lose the singles I lose the singles by a shot. How many years ago was that? That was ninety six. Jeez, I hope it doesn't take Mito Pereira as long to get over uh, his tragedy as it does for you of the Claremont Shield rocket. No, that's why I'm on this podcast and not on tour. <laughs> uh, but one of the, you know, obviously um, on Monday in the in the drum and golf shop, um, a lot of people talk about it. They come in and uh, talk about the golf, which is a wonderful part of a Monday, especially post-majors. Um, you get to talk to all the happy golfers that have sat at home watching the golf and, and they're all, uh, you know, talking about it, obviously, and talking about that um, final hole. My thoughts were, you know, is it possibly... It was tragic, right? We would have loved to have seen him win. But is it possibly one of the best things that could have happened to him in this stage of his career? I don't know. He's, it's it's, it's going to go two ways. He's either going to be Phil Mickelson or he's going to be Jean Vanderveld. Mm. Yeah. Don't know. It, 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 the only person that has control over how he handles this is him. Yeah, well, you would think if if you're any, you know, if you're invested in learning and self and improving, you know, you'd have to take away that, you know, you've learnt what happens, and you know you've experienced it. So if there's any chance of it being able to deal with it in the future, because there's, there's, there's a part done. of me that thinks there's a part of me that thinks that I don't think he's going to have a problem. The fact yeah. that he went and what he did post match yeah, was awesome. Like. He endeared himself with a lot of people with one, how he played. Yeah. Like, he's really good. Like, he's really, really good. So, in future, Mike, I think we have to go down to 15 in the data lake when it comes to majors. Um, oh, even it, I mean, his results aren't bad. I mean, no. if, you look, if you look at his results in the last, you know, however long, he was four top 25s before. or something like that. Yeah, he would have. 17th the week before at Byron Nelson, 26th of the Heritage, 13th Valero, 27th Valspar, uh, 15th of the Genesis. If you don't want to believe that the Genesis is a good indicator for how that course is going to play. That's um, why I was all over Max, right? Max, is a, Max, is, a lo- Max is a lover of small greens. Yeah. Small, tough no, greens. He, he's, look, he's clearly on an upward trajectory. Um, he's playing good golf. Um, it. it I think it's just, for me, it's a guy who's played very well, got the right side of the draw, um, put himself in a position, didn't do anything silly, didn't make any big mistakes um, until the last hole. And really, he played one bad shot, and that's it. His only double bogey of the tournament was on 72nd hole. Now, uh, to be fair, Jake, I mean, we talked a lot about Mito, but the bloke who won didn't play bad. Well, JT was unbelievable. That's what I was going to say. You know, we talked a lot about Mito and, um, you know, let's talk about the, the two blokes that fought it out in the playoff and in particular Justin Thomas because, uh, you know, the, the doc who was on the ground, you know, called it and he said, uh, I think Justin Thomas has got the, the goods to, to pull it off. And, you know, what did, what did, what did you think? Does quality shine through in the end? You know, is all of that... Uh, Near misses Doc, and uh, you know, come Doc through. Stradamus. Doc Stradamus. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he was pretty good. Like, like he, he did say to us, you know, when we negotiated the marketing contract down at Van uh, he did say, look, I, I'm, I'm in for the help part of it, but I'm not sure about the podcast. I'm not, I don't want to be on that. You know, that's, that's not my space. And bang, 
you know, one opportunity to talk to us uh, live from the the the, the turf, uh, he was in, and that held himself great. held himself with a plum. That's very good, good. man. Good man. Um, did the cream rise? Um, don't know. Don't know if the cream rose as much as you got a guy who copped the worst side of the draw, so probably was the best player through the first two rounds. I think he'd be hard. He wasn't leading, but probably play, had played the best golf. In the third round, he and the other bloke, a lot of people were hoping would go well in, in Rory, played quite poorly. Um, but I, it was clearly the worst day to be playing. So there was no real massive um, issues with people having a bad day that day within within respect. I mean, it meant Tiger withdrew. It was so, such a bad day for golf. Um, so he was pretty much not taking some of the chances he could have on the final round. Um, he hit a shank, which doesn't help you um, move in the right direction up the leaderboard. That was in the final round, wasn't it? The, yeah. 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 <laughs> that was in the final round. But Had a great bogey. Yeah. <laughs> and from nine, from the ninth hole onwards on the final day, he's four under. No bogeys. Hmm. That's far and away. Should have been seven. Oh, the, the, the putt that he nearly... He should have made the putt on 16 and he should have made the putt on 18 at least. He should have well, finished. No, the wasn't there one on 15 as well? Was it 15 or 16? It was one of the other, where he hit the great shot in that rolled kind of up to about, you know. Yeah, 15. He hit that absolutely just like middle of the green, sort of sides spun it in, used that slope. One. That's a one. He missed that one. Then yep. he, he parred 13. Yeah. I don't know why. He laid up there too, I think, and I don't know why. Might have been he, a he was, lie. I'm looking at it again now. Well, he was 301 yards. In the fairway, and he laid up. Sorry, and, and sorry, that's off the tee. So he had two thirty-seven in. So I mean, for him, that's a even if there's a breeze, he's probably hitting five on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know why he laid up, but you know, but you know, don't know. Maybe there's something in the way, or something he wasn't comfortable with. But um, look, his his golf was was outstanding, and um, I won't talk about the playoff because we'll talk about. We'll talk about Willie Z before we talk about the playoff. Well, just before we talk about that, quite personally, I'm filthy with both those two. We picked Justin Thomas for the Masters. Okay, he didn't win, but you know he wasn't. He was nowhere. And I picked Willie Z last week in the lead up, and he missed the cut. No, so he's, he's, he's a big. He's a big game hunter. Yeah, I, clearly, uh, I didn't pay enough attention to Willie Z's big game performance. But uh, I'm filthy with both those blokes. Uh, anyway. So- so, so JT and I know that, you know, our chat was, I give him a nickname for the you week. Don't, you don't like JT. No, look, there's plenty of players that I don't like. He, oh, really? There's, yeah, yeah. But so JT does, JT does things and it just makes me just roll my eyes and, you know, I, I kind of have a dig, right? So I, I call, I did. I'll, I'll reveal what I called him. I called him Dan, Dan Bilzeering. So if anyone knows who Dan Bilzeering is, like he's all flash and show and there's no substance. It's all fake and it's all fraudulent. And and I made that call from probably after he missed that putt on 13 and then the one on 15. And and so, yes, I made those comments. <laughs> oh, and 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 I, I did get a fair bit of retribution from a few 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 of our uh, fellow team members, but I will say this right. So 
if anyone goes back to the 2019 Masters, and I think, Ross, when we talked about JT or something like that, and I remember saying at the time, I said, he's not going to perform here because he doesn't have an iron game. All right, he doesn't know how to play it off slopes and shape shots, right? He knows how to hit it long and he knows how to hit wedges and he just needs his putter to be hot. He does not contend in majors because the majors demand a different part of your game. Now, whatever's, whatever's transpired since 2019 and the friendship that he has with Tiger and the work that he's put in, JT has a full bag. He has a full bag of tricks. Like his, I would almost implore people to go back and look up like JT highlights from the PGA. Some of the shots that he was hitting, that's like Tiger stuff. That's the nine windows. The, the, low, the low cuts, high draws, low draws, low, low cuts, everything. It was like all these different shots, three-quarter shots, knockdown shots, all these. He was... There's a reason he was. There's a reason he shot. Was it six under? What, what, what was it? Where was he after the thirty-six holes? Was it six under? No, four. Can't remember. No, I think he was six. Six, three behind the lead, playing yeah. in the worst part of the draw. Why is that? Because he's got all the shots in the bag. Then his Saturday was terrible, and so my my I was afraid that. We're just going to be, we're going to get the JT that we've been getting for the last four years, just not contending in a, in a major and doing a Rory. And we'll talk about the other Rory at some point. And then, you you know, the, there's these little moments and we talk about the caddy factor again. So I'll finish off the JT, you know, bloviation and, and brain dump in a minute. But we go back to the range and he's, I listened to his interview and he talks about, he goes, I didn't want to leave the course in a negative mood. I needed to get it out of my system on the range. And so whatever he's doing on the range and Bones said to him, and he didn't quote it exactly. He said, dude, you have to stop being hard on yourself. You're in contention every week. You, you know, you, 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 that, was, that was pretty much it. Right, it was like basically just telling him, "Stop it!" You know, we're still in this. Stop being hard on yourself. And and here's the one thing you know everyone knows about JT is that you know we've seen him when he missed putts and stuff like that, and he can be a bit of a sook, a bit of a whiner. And you know how he complains and like he misses a putt and you see his hands going everywhere. Didn't see any of that. Didn't see it in the third round. Didn't see it in the final round. And there's something switched, and he's being able to move on and get it done. And here's the thing. So, yeah, we'll call it maybe not the cream rising to the top. And he, there were opportunity. He had an opportunity to basically just grab the tournament by the throat, rip as a hit. I can't remember which episode I said it on. Rip it, rip its throat out Patrick Swayze roadhouse style and just, you know, basically run to the line and win this by a couple of shots with the putts that he was missing on 13, 15, et cetera. Um, and even the one... I think the one he missed on 18 as well, wasn't it? Do you have one on 18? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he had one on 18. So he didn't quite take the opportunities when that, that's what you expect from a big game player. And I know we'll talk about the playoff, but the playoff is 
And I talk about this with I've talked about this with Hugo contrast of Faldo and Norman, right? When you have your opportunity, you make the most of it. And he realized he missed his opportunities while he's out in the course. And he got a second chance. And he absolutely grabbed it by the throat and just he absolutely crushed it in that playoff. So he took his opportunity. Absolutely took his opportunity. So you have to give him hats off to all of that. I I think I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I think the problem that people have with JT is they they hold him to a different standard. If like I think people say he doesn't contend in majors because he hasn't won majors because we hold him so high because he is very good. Like if he's I'm just looking at it now, right? His performance since he won in 2017 PGA, right? If if someone had thrown in the performances he's got there, no one would be upset about it, right? He's he's had seven sixteen starts up until since he won his his PGA in twenty seventeen. He's had sixteen more majors, including this week. So he's had one win in the sixteen. He's only missed the cut three times. He's had three top tens, and he's finished in the top twenty five ten times out of sixteen starts in a major. Three missed cuts. So he, he's he's contending. But he's. Oh, I think no, the see, see, for me, I, I, for me, contending is actually you're in it, and like you're you're in there at the death, and you're either gonna it's it's heartbreak, it's rooster or feather duster stuff. Not not the. No one he's, he's finished in the top ten, and he's been about, but he's not outside of Tiger. Nobody does that. Nobody, oh, I know that. And say Brooks as an example, and Brooks oh. has disappeared off the face of the earth yeah, yeah exactly but, but the thing is though, there and yeah there i'm not expecting it all the time right it's not all the time but it's the it's sometimes it's not even once a year like like being in being in the being in the having the opportunity to lose it yeah i think it, it, it again it would depend on i mean whoever you bump into that week you bump into someone who wins by a long way like scotty scheffler at the, the masters right he won comfortably so JT's finished T8 so did he contend well he finished top 10 was yeah. he ever a chance to win it probably not so I get yeah. what you're saying but at the same time if you put that list right there on the back of say Jason Day post his last major win you would be just he'd be the happiest man in the world I think it's, I think it's just a different standard and I don't disagree with you the fact that he's a he can be seen to whine but it's because he's on TV all the time Jason oh, Day yeah. does it all the time. Everyone, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's yeah. a truckload of them that do it. Yeah, it doesn't look great. Oh, and he and he has he has a tendency to say he he's done stuff. some things that are yeah. bad, right? And that's yeah. that's the part where I find a lot of people dislike. And I know that Matty Mollick is the same. Matty doesn't like rate him at all. But there's a lot of things that he's done that are unacceptable, right? No, no doubt about that. But he's also a kid, and he's growing. He just happens to be growing up in the spotlight. But I think I still maintain. He's the best all-round golfer on the planet, hands down. And when he gets it together, he he's unstoppable. The problem is everything is so good. He needs to have something that pops out for that week for him to to go through the roof. And to be honest, this week, it was a pretty even performance and it was probably the tournament to be very even because everyone was capitulating around you. But but and and yeah, and that's that's what I talk about. It's like the my the where JT was in 2019 to where JT is now. Like he's he's put the work in. Like here's the thing, right? 
we'll call it, this is me falling on my sword. And, and I know I give him names and I give lots of people names, but I've also got to give him credit. He's put in the work and, and you just have to watch the golf shots that he hits. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. And, and you think about the equipment and the golf ball that he has to deal with and he's still able to do the things with the, with the ball, right? That's a lot of effort and work now compared to what it would have been sort of in Tiger's prime. So, and, and very few players have the ability to do those shots. So when you say the most complete, I actually think, as you said, in, in a three-year period, whatever work he's done, he has now got a game that, and maybe, again, caddy factor, game, caddy, it's like this ceiling and he's broken through it. And I know we talk about this too much and we'll call it throw the expectation on there, but the possible, the possibility of him going to another level with the game that he has over the next couple of years, I'm actually really excited to think about what is possible. Won't be surprised if, he doesn't win another one because they're hard, but the possibilities with that game and the belief, because you think about his third round, he's really, and he has that, you know, I re, the, the bones saying you're really hard on yourself, please stop. That's really important to me because it's a mental improvement in your game, right? So you think about he's probably been like that for the last five years. So he's putting himself in position when you roll into a major and probably heightened expectation on himself and his mindset's changed. And it's just like these little, these little things that could translate into something that could be quite special. Is Bones, excuse my ignorance because I don't know, is Bones on the bag full time or is he just? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He came out of retirement yeah. for JT. Yeah. There's worse business decisions that have been made than that. It's a great business decision. <laughs> oh, actually, the other thing as well, um, and I, I don't even know if you, any of you guys picked this up on the telecast. I think they were talking, I don't know who they were talking to. And because JT's dad is his coach, right, and has been forever, um, apparently he had a bit of a come to Jesus with his dad about six months ago. And she said, I know you're my dad. He said, but you're also my swing coach. So if I'm doing something wrong, it's on you to tell me. Stop yeah, being my dad. Be my coach. Out here, you're you're the coach, not the dad. Yeah. 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 Not, sure um, could, not sure I could do that. Uh, nothing against my dad coaching. Dad's coaching, but um, yeah, you, would you want would you want your dad to coach you at that level? Would you want your dad to coach you? I guess if that's all you've ever known. But, but if you know if you, if you know his story enough and you think about like there's a couple of really good videos when he first came out on tour and I don't think he'd won the PGA at this time um, and they're really good because you know the, the one thing that should anyone should endear anyone to JT is that um, his love for his family, his love for the game of golf and what it's meant to him and the relationship that he had with his grandfather. And the relationship he has with his dad, I think, is something special. And the game of golf has delivered that. So it's he knows nothing different. 
he knows absolutely nothing different. So when he was growing up, you know, babysitting for, for JT was, he would be out on the range just hitting balls while his dad was giving lessons or his grandfather was giving lessons. He knows no different. And he's, I mean, you look where he is. He's a top three golfer in the world, top five golfer in the world, two majors. Why would you change? Yeah, no, I get it. And and here's the thing, right? And yeah, he's not looking to read. He's not doing a tiger thing and sort searching for something else. He's just like, I've got, I've got a swing and it works. And it's, I think my video just dropped out. We can no, still, not. we can still we see, can you. see you. Uh, bloody internet connection. Too, um, too much heat, too much fire coming down the lines, rocket. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and that's it. So. I, I, I implore anyone, anyone who doesn't like him, right? Just go and find a JT video from like 2016, 2017. Like, sure, he does annoying stuff, but his story is awesome if you really peel back the surface. No, he's got, look, there are a lot of fans. There are, there are a lot of fans and a lot of love for JT out there, especially uh, in his home country. Yes, he's done, ma- done ma- some. Ma- maybe I could, maybe maybe him hiring Bones is called, we could call it caddy washing. Is <laughs> he? Um, now, speaking of, uh, well, I don't know, there was no segue out of that little last bit there for me to roll into, uh, Rocket. Sorry. You, you usually leave me with some little I'm a, bit of, I'm a, I've left you no air. You leave me, usually leave me with a little bit of meat to uh, nibble on to transition. Uh, but I will transition by saying someone that you picked up on a long time ago. You, you referenced our chat in oh, 2000. Mr. Young. 2000 and, well, no, we'll get to him. Um, oh. 2019, I can't remember to, uh, chatting about the Masters and JT at 2019. That was a long time ago. Um, but your savant-like memory, as we recalled out numerous times, um, does. Uh, but the one thing that you, one person you have picked out a long time ago was Willie Z. Oh, Willie uh, Z. Yeah. Willie, Willie, Z- Willie Zalatoris. Um, we, I wouldn't have expected to see Willie Zalatoris up there you know, in a playoff for the thing. You guys probably did, but not me. But, uh, yeah, Willie, Willie Z outtakes. If he could part. I, I actually think the thing that cost him this week was his, the thing that is his, that is, is his lightsaber and his iron play. His tee to green stuff on Saturday and Sunday was terrible. I that was the difference. I think he's – I mean, look, he's not alone, right? So everyone this week – Cam Smith, best example. No one could get the speed right. If they were, they were just getting the long lines wrong. No one was putting well. Um, actually, Herbie. Herbie was probably the best putter um, on the numbers. But I think Zalatoris has clearly got something that he's sticking to. It looks very, very awkward. Um, he's got his figure eight happening. He's putting off the toe. They're sort of going straight enough, and it's working. I think Rocket, you you made the uh, the conversation point quite correctly in that as long as he's not hitting it into about five feet, he's actually okay. Yeah, he's fine. He's he rolled that, in he, some bombs. He's fine. Yeah, the, yeah bomb. the putt on the shot eighteen to make the playoff. Yeah. Right, I was thinking, please don't hit it close, and he didn't. <laughs> no, exactly, because he's he's whatever he's doing the closer he gets to the hole the nerves must just go up and it just Adam Scott factor it's not working yeah thank you Mr. don't get me started on the blokes that are using long putters or, or, or locking it to their arm or leaving the, the flagging because I'm as you know from our chats I'm well over all of it yeah um it's it's something that will like you said he's a big game hunter he's he's clearly 
knows what he's doing, right? Uh, how many majors? How many majors do you think he's played in? Uh, it's eight. It's eight. Correct. He's top, had one top with, ten in five of them. He's had a withdrawal in one. He's been cut in one, and he's had five top tens in mm-hmm. eight starts as in majors. It's two seconds. Two seconds. Two T sixes and a T eight. Mm-hmm. That is exceptional golf. Mm-hmm. So clearly, he likes being under pressure in the big stage. Um, he's one of those guys that you would have to say will win one. Not going to say he's going to win three, four, but he 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 will win one. He will win one. But it's just getting that putter right. If you look at his numbers, he did putt okay this week, um, probably along more the lines of the longer putts. But if you look down his numbers this year, the only thing that's red is the putting. That's the only place he tends to lose strokes. That's where he wants to pick it up. Do, do you yeah. think? Do you think that he's you know, like I always try and think, you know, like when he's putting and, and he's going through that figure of eight, like once again, taking it back to the everyday golf, we've all been there. We've all had that type of stroke. We've all suffered from, you know, the yips or some sort of yip-like behaviour in our putting stroke at times. Um, but, you know, when he's on the go, in the go zone, you know, 100 metres out, 80 metres out, 110 metres out, you know, when they're really the proportion of them firing into 10 feet or closer – Actually, um, his 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 go zone is from about two hundred yards in. Well, wherever it is for him, do you think he's like doesn't legitimately doesn't want to hit it close? Look, oh, you know, it's just bizarre. Like to think that he might. Be actually, I, I, I don't. I don't think he's thinking like that. He might be just going. Here's my target, and it's this side. Yeah. And if it goes close, it goes close. And he's just trying to hit it inside fifteen feet. Every day of the week. Yeah. I know it sounds silly to even think about it, but just to, to see him do that and to think, well, maybe he doesn't actually want to, he's got better, you know, Mike, he's got, he's got a, clearly got a better chance eight, 12 feet away than five feet away. Yeah. yeah. It'd, be, it'd be interesting to say the numbers of, of, I'm sure that they chart his gaps in between. And I'm sure that he runs those numbers, but I mean, his strokes gain numbers have been exceptional for a long time. Hmm. So data golf is one of the places where a lot of people get the numbers from. And Data Golf has their own rankings, world rankings. So they have the, the, origin, uh, the world golf rankings, and then they've got the Data Golf world rankings, and they have them side by side, and they're not the same. Will Zalatoris has been in their top 50 golfers in the world since mid-2020. Yep. Like way before he became came on tour because of the numbers that he was putting up and how good he was. Yep. Um, he obviously got stuck on – I think we talked about it on Saturday. Um, got stuck on the um, – the, I'm going to say the web.com and the nationwide tour. It's none of those things. KFT. The KFC. On ferry tour for an extra year during COVID. But I mean, he's he's an exceptional all round golfer. Um, if he can get some confidence with the putter, he, he, you would think he's going to win a lot of tournaments. He still has one. Still doesn't have one on tour. Oh, I actually, I, don't, I think he's a better chance to win. He's a, he's where he's going to win is in the tough tournaments. Anything that's hard. That's that's where he's because that's ball striking central, and he can get away with not being an okay putter. He doesn't have to go and shoot 65, 65, 65, 65. Because half the reason, you know, half the challenge for him getting on tour was, you know, if you see some of the Corn Ferry tour stats, uh, scores like you have to shoot lights out. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And then actually, just talking about the Corn Ferry tour, look at the uh, the. After um, JT, who, the um, the next three people on the leaderboard, Willie Z, 
Cameron Young, Mito Pereira, where they come from, Corn Ferry. So effectively, and and only just off the Corn Ferry, not not some journeyman, you know, taking up a spot. So you know, if you think about what's happened in the last three years, and what we've talked about with the talent that potentially exists on the Corn Ferry versus this old guard that seems to take up spots. There are potential that there are top 60 golfers in the world that are playing on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, FYI, Rocket, just a bit of feedback. I ran your concept past uh, someone that I know the other day who is close to the, let's say, very experienced in uh, tour level, US tour, US PGA tour level golf. And uh, he was a big fan of your concept. Oh, what was it? Because I know sometimes I just shoot from the shoot from the hip and well, stuff just no, spews the, out well, of the, the microphone. Con- well, the concept of you know that we sort of talked about a number of times, but yeah, especially these lower ranked PGA Tour events, you know, creating a handful of spots for oh up, yeah, gotcha, yeah, yeah, ferry yeah, players yeah. and and letting yeah. the money count across. Yeah, because um, we were talking about you know this sort of concept and some of these young guns and and the opportunities and blah blah blah. And, if they um, played in the US Open and they finished top. If they finished. Let's say if this was Cameron Young and he was still on the Corn Ferry Tour, his T3 finish counts for this, hmm. donuts, yeah. absolute donuts. So he, he's actually pen, he's penalised for playing well in a big-time event. So that was someone who has significant player management experience, big um, investment banking experience and caddying experience uh, on the um, PGA Tour. So there you go. Um, so you like that maybe, maybe he could hire me as an advisor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, so yeah, um, Cameron Young was another one that we've you've been talking about, not we, you have been talking about Rocket for a long time. Uh, we sort of wrote off Fleetwood. Fleetwood was up there. Uh, Fitzmagic did what Fitzmagic Fleet, does. Fleetwood, Fleetwood, everyone will talk about Fleetwood's tie fifth. It was backdoor. Yeah. Um, Rory, let's talk about the other Rory. Um, Rory reportedly drove off a couple of days in a row with the Sooks on. Yep. It's not great form, is it? Why was that? Because he... Well, why wouldn't you? I'd pr- if I was in, no, no. Was that a, sorry? Um, is that a story? Like, was that? I think. I think. I oh, yeah, it's massive news. Yeah. He wouldn't. He, he basically refused. Like, you're under. You, you're not obligated, obviously, to talk to the media. But he finished his round on Saturday and finished his round on Sunday and didn't do one interview. Didn't stop for anyone. Gotcha. Just basically, just walked off the course. He blew it. Absolutely blew it. He's still the other Rory. He didn't. He, he, did. that day, mate. He, he he played one good round. Everyone, this is what I mean. No, no. We hold him to this higher level. He's not playing good golf. No, correct. No, no, no. I, I agree. We hold him to this higher level, which we need to stop. Yeah. We need to stop because that's why he's not Rory McIlroy anymore. He's the other Rory. But that, that commentary that came out after round one, five under, as we talked about on Saturday, people were talking about, the last time he was in this position, he ran away with it. He's yeah. going to run away with it. I, I never. He I, was. I, I was eight, hoping eight that he. I was hoping through two, round two. I, like, I was. I was hoping that was. I was hoping that that was the turning point. I know heaps yeah. of people are going. Oh, this is what's going to happen. But the the contrast, right? He had the best part of the draw. Yeah. Goes out blazing, shoots five under, has the best conditions on day two, and shoots seventy one. And yeah. it's like, ooh. The, yeah. the 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 old Rory still doesn't exist, and then you look at his third round, and he did all right in the conditions, but it was still and but again it was still some of the shots he were hitting were terrible, 
And then you go to the final round and you're thinking, I turned it on and all of a sudden he's birdied four in a row and he's four under. And if you, so he's four under, four under with, with 13 holes to play and you can go hindsight. But the thing is though, it's staying in the moment and he played two over for the last 13. Effectively, he's had two chances. The thing is people get wrapped up and don't use law of averages as a basic understanding of what is going to happen, right? People go, Rory's no good in round one in majors. He's five under. He clearly wins. It's like, no, that's not the way it works. The way it works is he normally plays one bad round. He wasn't in the first round this time around. It will more than likely come at some point. It just depends on how poor it is. It's just the way it works. And that's the way he's operated for an extended amount of time now. It's just so, I found it hilarious. Some of the, some of the, the talk around what he was going to do and the prices from the bookies was laughable. Insane. Absolutely laughable. But yeah, so I understand all of that. But for me, oh, Rory is one of the most talented golfers on the planet. And something is either needs to be fixed or it's broken because, and it's, I don't think it's, it's actually his game. It's still, I think this is still mental. I, I legitimately think this is still mental. There's something where he just is not comfortable with. And I know my theme last week was weight of expectation, but we, I can't, I can't talk about Rory. Can't talk about Rory. Like Rory's career is one four majors, been world number one, heaps of tournaments, absolutely amazing talent. Still an amazing talent, but that was seven years ago, right? He's not that person anymore. So he's just Rory McIlroy, really good golfer. It's true. I think it's for me, it's the exact same conversation as Justin Thomas. We hold him to a higher standard. So what he's performing at, people are disappointed in because, you know, he's probably had 10 top 10s in majors since he last won one, but we don't want that. We expect him to win them. So I sort of sit there and go, I've got no issue with us being um, thoughtful about how he's performing and everything else. The part that I just laugh about is when they see one thing change, they're like, tick, he's done yeah, it. Yeah. This is over. And, nah. and I just thought it was just a joke. Um yeah. But again, with Rory, again, I, I I can't I can't name a major where nine holes to go. One has he been in the last three groups of a major? When was that? I don't know. I can't remember. And has he been within two shots of the lead with nine holes to play since when? I can't remember. Literally, can't remember. I can't remember, but I'm looking at his numbers. He's had heaps of top 10s. I can't see how many top 10s he's but had. But there's a reason we call it backdoor, right? Because like this one, he's finished eighth and he was so far back. He comes out blazing. Like he finishes, I don't know, what did he finish at the Masters? Was that second or something? Again, shoots 64 in the final round. He finished second, yeah. But he wasn't, that was 64 in the final round. It wasn't like 64 in the final yeah, round was- to win by three. It wasn't 64 in the final round when someone else shoots 64. It wasn't, it wasn't Stenson and Mickelson. 
Remember, Shark shot 64 in the final round in 1988 and finished fifth. He, no one remembers that. Without the exact data in front of me, the feeling is he's he shoots better scores when the pressure's off mm-hmm. and he can be plus minus when the pressure's on. Mm-hmm. Weight that's, of expectation. That, that, that's kind of the way it feels when you watch him. Maybe he's too hard on himself. I know I've talked about this before. It's like, it's like he, he's not... I don't know. It's almost like he's not comfortable in his own skin anymore. And it's frustrating because I'm not trying to like hammer the guy. I just, I just know what amazing Rory is like when he's on. It is again, it's beautiful to watch. There's no better driver of the golf ball in the game. Bar none. There's, he hits some of the most beautiful drives you'll ever see on the planet. It's just picture perfect. And he's iron play and stuff like that. And, I want that, but I'm not getting it. And so maybe I've got a higher expectation, but all I know is that he's not he's not comfortable in his skin and the results show. All right. We've got to get through the PGA because we've got to get on to about 10 other things and oh. we've already been talking an hour. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for uh, winding us up, uh, Mike. I, no, thank you. No, um, are we going to go through the playoff or do we don't, not fast or – Highlights for me from the playoff was Justin Thomas on the first playoff hole. Making that birdie putt was the reason he won. He makes a par there. All the pressure goes on his shoulders. Instead, he yeah. rolled in that birdie. And then it, then that gave him the freedom to go driver on 17. And then he, he once he got that in and, and Zelatoris had the exact same opportunity. No, that was, I thought he went three-wood on 17. No, yeah, but he drove it. Yeah, so he drove it on... He, he knocked it on the on the um, green, but Zell Torres had the same opportunity to make a telling putt on seventeen. Didn't make it, so yeah. JT makes it on the first playoff hole. Zell Torres misses on the second hole. It's all over. Yeah, Jack. That that the putt on thirteen again. It was like just one. It was that was clutch, and then straight after that, uh, that shot he hit on seventeen. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my! Oh my God! That was that was so good, and that's that goes back down to the the opportunity was there, and he took it. Yeah, absolutely took it. Yeah, he did. uh, For me, that shot on uh, yeah, where he drove the green was just phenomenal. Watching that uh, under under pressure, taking taking advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, that was great. Um, Yeah, so that's how he won it. Um, Well done to you, Justin Thomas. Uh, Australians T thirteen. Uh, Cam Smith and Lucas Herbert. Just a, a little summation of uh, both of the guys' rounds there. Go with uh, you. You're you know, with Cam Smith, uh, Rocket. What Cam. do you think of Cam? No, I thought Magic's the Cam Smith. I Cam in the one and done. Cam didn't putt. Cam is Terrible. top four putter on the PJ Tour this year, and he was probably ranked in the bottom five players for the week. He could not make a thing. He, he, he was horrendous with the flat stick, and that is why he was not at the pointy end. He To finish where he did and miss as many putts as he missed is frightening. Um, and Herbie was the exact opposite. Herbie was clutch and hit some amazing shots and part of the spots off it. I, I actually reckon, and this is my thing with the greens, is I reckon 
Luke has probably played on lots of different type of greens, especially on the sandbelt side of it, right? So there's greens that have a lot of slope and different conditions and things like that. Um, Southern Hills, small greens, a lot of slope. I reckon, and the, they didn't cut them obviously on day two because of the weather, but I reckon they're already running slower. And with that and the weather conditions, so they were slower than they normally would expect, even for a normal probably tour event. I actually think they were slower. And with all the slope, those two things are completely left left field for those players. They week in, week out, they're expecting something to be a lot faster. Obviously, when it's a lot faster, you can't you play it on pin it on big slopes. So greens with not as much slope make it a lot easier to putt. I reckon that's messed with everyone's head for the whole week. Okay. Well, it was good to see, uh, for me, it was good to see Herbie get some TV time. He, he, we saw him uh, playing. Yeah, he played with my man, Max. He did. Um, more great experiences for the young Bendigo uh, bomber. Very good. Uh, anything else? What, so what's next, uh, Mike? What's next on the run sheet? We've got uh, the Charles Schwab this week. Uh, yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. I, should, I should probably tell, uh, oh, tell, tell the tipsters because the tipsters do want to know who tipped who in the, uh, in the tipping this week. Okay. So we did have one, two, three, four, five, six people pick Justin Thomas. So oh. six people got winners. <laughs> Chipper, no. three putt or die, no three putts, the golf labyrinth, Michael Lloyd and Bobby. Michael Lloyd's on bloody well. Um, <laughs> and if we go to the leaderboard. I'll, I'll, introduce, no. I'll introduce you to Michael Lloyd uh, one day. He's, he, he, he comes in. Uh, you can have a game of golf with him down at Dalbert Park. Uh, that's his favourite haunt. Yep. Um, so leaderboard, no three putts gone to number one with 7.9. The Shermanator drops back to second, 7.7. Michael Lloyd, third, about four grand behind second uh, at 7.7 as well. And three putt or die, 7.7 as well. The Golf Labyrinth, 7.7 as well. So effectively, it's very, very tight at the top and we are now in 7.7. Rocket, you are in 15th at 4.2. I'm in 28th at 3.5, which is just under half of what the leaders are on. And Roscoe, you're on 2.7. If we multiply you by three, you'd probably be winning. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not been my finest uh, uh, game of chance to play. The last bit I'll, I'll update because we did say at the start of the year. Oh, the majors, the, the majors, the majors, the majors, the majors promo. Yeah, correct. So obviously, three of these people um, did quite well and picked the winner this week, or four of the four of the six. Th- actually had very good results at the Masters as well. So they're all tied. And they both had all four of these people that are leading in the overall, all had Cam Smith at the Masters and all had Justin Thomas at the PGA. And that's Chipper, three putt or die, no three putts, and Bobby Appleton in all tied at the top. So it'll be interesting to see who they pick. They picked the same one at the US Open and the Open. I don't know what we're going to do. So they, those people are all in the running for a yet-to-be-announced uh, prize. There will be a prize um, for the highest performer or if uh, we'll work out a countback system or some form of tie prize, uh, if there is a tie over yep. the four majors. Um, it might be it might be uh, a My Love of Golf hoodie, um, which yep. uh, I am modelling, uh, the new version, and Rocket, as are you. You've already shown it, but um, it might be a hoodie. Uh, it might be a, as is Lego Man. It's just like, oh man, it might be a hat. Uh, it might be a towel, hat, and a hoodie. Who knows? It might be some sort of merch pack and maybe a voucher or something like that. Uh, it'll be worth worth the effort uh, to keep up the tippage. I don't know who these people are going to tip now. They've all tipped some of the guns that might be in contention. But anyway, we'll see. Um, anything else from you, Mike? 
for for covering off. Okay, Charles not for Swab. BGA, not for the not for last week. No, Charles Schwab this week. Uh, we are at Colonial in the very large state of Texas. Um, it's going to be an interesting week. It'll be interesting more than anything to see who is still awake after playing a major. Um, I had a request. I don't now. Nobody listening to this get the idea you're going to start sending me requests because I don't have time for requests. But someone did ask for something today, and so I ran the numbers on it. They said, "How does Scotty Scheffler go the week after a major?" And so I had a look at the last, uh, I think, half a dozen majors, and he doesn't go well. Um, so he normally doesn't play the week after a major, but when he's start after it, he's finished 18th, 14th, 8th and 13th, but twice he's played the week after, which is what he's doing this week. And he's finished 47th and cut. So I think this person's now not putting any shekels on Scotty Scheffler. So it'd be very interesting to see how many are in the same oh, boat. Scotty missed the cut, so he got saved from the weekend. And he got two days to rest up and mm. go back to Texas. Scotty Scheffler. Filthy on him as well. <laughs> Um, the data lake this week is stacked with people that are good at approach. I'm looking at some driving accuracy. I'm looking at strokes gain T to green. Putting is going to be very important. Yep. Par fours from about 400 to 450 yards and proximity to the hole from about 125 to 150 yards. So really going to have to be good with the irons and make some putts. Uh, the list, and I'm going to get, we're just going to do the top 15. Actually, we'll do the top 15 every week now. Um, and assuming of, all these, of the test, one, test driver, you never know exactly. when I might find you a Mito Pereira in there. <laughs> Correct. And no one here is going to excite you at all. Well, sorry, the top few will. So from the top, Victor Hovland, Cole Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Sam Burns, Daniel Berger, Scotty Scheffler, Mito Pereira, Sung J Im. I'm assuming he's still in the field. Tom Hoagie, Justin Rose, Jordan Spieth, Christian Bazidenhout, Russell Rusty Knox. Cameron, the Triangle Tringale, and Tyler Duncan. So that's the list. Very messy. Um, for me, it's going to come down to probably four people that I've highlighted, and one of them is just outside the 15. That's Taylor Gooch. But the three towards the top are the ones I like. That's Victor Hovland, Morikawa, and Burns, and I'll be figuring out between those who I actually bet. Um, JT, I'm going to put a line through because he'll be hungover. Berger, I can never catch. And Scotty Scheffler, I'm not picking. Mito will be swimming in his tears. So I am taking Victor Hovland as my one and done. Mini Rory. Colin Morikawa didn't look happy. And there was a lot of vision of Colin, Colin uh, round one, round two, not looking very happy, wasn't there, Rocket? You're a big Colin Morikawa watcher. He was the wrong side of the draw. Yeah. He just didn't look happy. Anyway. No. No, they were, a lot of them weren't. Yeah. Um, no. But yeah, I think, well, well, Cole finished 55th. Yeah. So yeah. Not, not great. Okay, um, very good. Uh, good data coverage there, uh, Mike, for the Charles Swab. Another, uh, what's the course? Colonial. Colonial, yeah. yeah. Highlight, you... Highlights on Colonial, Rocket? Just not long, narrow. Need to be good with your ball striking. Okay. Been a classic tournament. That we used to, Colonial was the... Um, it's been there forever. Yeah, that was the... Um, the old name. Yep. I don't remember. Because Colonial was, um, that was one where Hogan was always at. That's it. Hogan's Alley. That's it. So it's literally been the longest um, tournament course on the PGA Tour outside of majors. So it's all, they've had tournament here forever and a day. 
I'm gonna look it was up. It here. wasn't a Valero Texas Open, was it? No, no, no. no, no that was a La Cantera, that move. No, it was actually, I'm such an idiot. It's just called the Colonial Tournament. Yeah, it's called the Colonial. Um, so then we've got the Memorial win. So the, is the US Open the week after the Memorial? Oh, I reckon. Uh, generally it is, yes. Is it? Yeah, okay. Oh. So we've got some oh, news coming through come of some, some other Aussies uh, that have filtered into that, one of them being young Todd Sinnott. Who, oh, I see. Yeah, Todd Sinnott qualified for the US Open, which is great. I think he qualified by Japan. Oh, no, where did he qualify through? Maybe Corn Ferry? I can't remember. Uh, Japan, I think. Actually, I think he qualified for the US Amateur at um, Country Club in 2013. Todd's in a big hitter, driver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The numbers. I, oh, I, remember, I remember seeing him in Pennant. Holy crap. It's long. Um, he qualified by Japan at the Caledonian. Um, there were three spots on offer at the Caledonian Golf Club in Japan. Uh, not the place where you'd expect the golf club to be called the Caledonian. Uh, but uh, there you go. Uh, the, um, Leishman, Minwoo Lee and Lucas Herbert were confirmed courtesy of their official world rankings. So there's going to be five, I think, so far. And we've got the Canadian Open slotted in the middle now between Memorial and US Open. Are they playing it, Playing the Canadian at um, St. George's Golf and Country Club? Uh, yes. Um, trying to remember. That's a classic one too. Looking that, forward to that one. There's no, no one will play that. No, unfortunately, it's got jammed in the in the wrong spot. Which and the sucks. and anyone that's remotely keen to not or not playing US Open, they'll be playing a, a live tournament. So you're going to have all the live people gone. You got Canadian Open, <laughs> and it's in between Memorial and the US Open. I think there'll be, I think there's a chance we might get a start if we mm. really wanted to. Uh, in breaking news, we racked up another uh, mile of golf. Uh, Pro-Am player onto the My Love of Golf Pro-Am on a board this week and congratulations to Grace Kim uh, who picked up her first win. It's at the Epson Tour that she's on. Caddy Snack's own Grace Kim. Caddy Snack's own Grace Kim. And uh, I did... A couple of apple cinnamon bars just to close it out. I'm I'm mocha. I think it was a mocha, yeah. I'm into the mocha. mocha. I like the mocha because it's got a bit of caffeine in there. It gives you that buzz. Actually, that's that's really nice. It's like, you know, know, we'll call it apple cinnamon early in the round. (laughs) Mocha just to sort of finish off the back nine. Uh, Just for everyone, we're not sponsored by Caddy Snacks, but the guys did appreciate that. The the guys did appreciate the shout out. New brand, uh, growing brand. And um, sponsoring some fine young Australian golfing athletes. And Grace Kim is one of them who cracked up her first win. And uh, she's another one of the great stable of athletes that we've uh, had the pleasure of playing alongside at a Pro-Am. Uh, it's within the six-month statute of limitations, so we can claim it. So um, well done, Grace. The my love of golf juju um, is real. Just like the data lake. Look, now that we're back to normal tournament schedules, uh, there'll be some more programs coming up. There's probably going to be a couple of big ones this year at the end of the year. I'm taking applications, just saying that. Applications are open. Um, if you want uh, want a spot, uh, courtesy of Paul McLean, you've got to contact Paul McLean. Um, he manages my spots. Uh, <laughs> um, thanks, Paul, if you're listening. Well, Paul should have been happy. It is a very, very good week this week. Oh, yeah. The PGA Championship. The players were allowed to use their Bushnell rangefinders. Yeah, they were too. In in yeah. event, yeah, with the slope off. Yeah, naturally. Off, yeah. yeah, unless you probably check her. I don't know how it helped them. I mean, sorry, I know how it helped them to actually work out the yardages, but for pace of play, I don't know if it would have even they could have even assessed it with the way the course was set up. But we're not going to go back to that. Did they show much of that 
uh, happening? Did they? I didn't see a lot of it. Did they see? Did you see guys? Guys, I using saw. It? Yeah, it was either Rory yeah. or Cole pulled one out at one point, and I've forgotten it was happening, and yeah. my head nearly fell off. And I was like, "Oh, that's right, they're allowed to use them this yeah. week." Yeah, it was um, Scov, um, Ricky's, Ricky's, um, Ricky's man was using it heaps. Um, uh, don't know who else. I don't think Willie Z's guy was using it, but yes, Joe Scovran was using it a heap. There's a bit of talk about slow play. There was a couple of bank ups there and, and that I saw, but um, so it didn't didn't really seem it's to have just an that crossover. Yeah. Where the, because they had to pull the tees back on so many holes, they were yeah. hitting over greens and bits and pieces. So yeah. I think it was and like one, two, like that photo that Doc Davis yeah. was a great example. It was like right, you go, then you go, then you go, and they just got six look. green, seven tees going straight over six. Yeah. <clears throat> then you had twelve green, thirteen tees going right over twelve. Then they they push the tees up on seventeen, so you get you get a weight up on that one, you know. Uh, anything else? We've got a little bit of housekeeping that Rocket and I want to announce. So we should have probably announced at the start because uh, um, more people might hear. But um, anything else, Mike, from you? Um, two things very quickly before you do that. Uh, the LPGA this week has got their match play the week before their next major. They're playing at Shadow Creek. And oh. there's a good chance Minji or Hannah Green are going to get a win there, in my opinion. Maybe Madeline takes them. She's been playing well as well. But, um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see because, um, yeah, obviously. The, oh, the, that's the one where someone's, what's her name, played the, was playing the Constellation and basically just withdrew. <laughs> um, so that'll be, that'll be on, I'm sure, on TV. And the other one is the men are at the Dutch Open. So the Dutch opens on this week as well. So if anyone's watching that, I'm sure that I'm sure you will be Ross because you're the night owl mm. watching that shift. I uh, watch wh- a little bit. Where do they play it? Where's the Dutch open at? You were going to say that because I then have to read out the name of this. Bern- <laughs> Somewhere Bernard- in Amsterdam. Bernardus mm-hmm. Golf. Bernard Bernardus Golf. Yeah. B E R N A R D U S. Okay. Bernardus Golf. And it's in Kromvoit okay. in the Netherlands. Never been there. But uh um, nah, Okay. Can't even say the place. I'm not going there. All right. Uh, anything else? No. Uh, you guys, that's it. Um, I know I bag on him a lot, but Mr. Fowler, he, I don't know, I think he's on. His tee to green stuff's coming back. His putter's the only thing that's holding him back now. He's gone to the mallet. He played well. He's gone to the mallet. He's using a mallet. Hasn't it's the first oh, time in 27 oh, years. What's wrong with the mallet? Well, nothing's nothing. wrong. He's just not not a known mallet putter. Wow. He's trusted. Okay. He's trusted if them. we're going to start talking about putting, let me tell you what. I'm going to go to a rocket's rabbit hole. First things first. Flags should not be allowed to oh. stay in the hole at professional tournaments. Full stop. There's absolutely no reason for it. It's a speed up play. It's a speed up play at lower levels. There's no reason for these peanuts like Matthew Fitzpatrick to leave it in and, and Adam Scott from five feet. It's an absolute joke. It looks ridiculous. It actually slows down play because when he's got a putt, they've got to go and put it back in. Correct? Ridiculous. Yep. Arm locking? Ridiculous. Got to go. They've got to shorten the putters and there's going to be a maximum length. And anyone who's still using a broomstick, I don't care if you're anchoring it or not, that includes Adam Scott, who I love. Got to go. Get in the sea. That's it. <laughs> 
never, but anyway, so I, what was it? What were you that, saying about that? Li- that listeners, is a small exposure, small uh, <laughs> screenshot from the uh, the uh, group chat over the weekend. Just less less profanity <laughs> on the group I, I channel. I, I remember when the rule of the flags in came out, and I thought, oh, this is my opportunity because you know Ricky Fowler, Adam Scott, like, uh, and Matt Fitzpatrick, like, I thought it gives me a small target. You know, this might be a, a help for me. So I was like putting with the flag in. And uh, I was playing with Shura uh, one weekend and, you know, Shura says, oh, if anyone, if anyone, you know, puts with the flag in, you know, they've got to find another group of mates to play with. And I'm like, oh, I actually want the party of the flag in. Um, I didn't last very long, don't worry. Flag. No, but even when I've played with people that leave the flag in now because uh, AMs and, I'm, and I'll, they're not regular people that I play with. Like I bump into people and just joined up with groups and things. And they now say, no, well, I don't have to take it out, so I, I want to leave it in because they're just lazy. But then when they go to get the ball out of the hole, they tear the hell out of it or they use right. their putter still to rip it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, so now you're damaging all the sides of the That's cup and doing. everything like that. It's just no, no, grow I'm, up. Mm. Get I understand on a 40-foot putt. <laughs> yeah, I get it's it fine. On a big That's putt. fine. But if you've got a 15-footer, pull that thing out. You see, Yeah, anyway. Matt Fitzpatrick, you're on the list. Uh, very good. Um, Rocket and I have taken on a challenge for June uh, in support. And I might have mentioned it a little bit briefly last week and I've coerced Rocket to join us on said challenge, uh, the push-up challenge, which is in a... Donated another 100 bucks today too. Who, who, you did or someone did my party or... Uh, it's through work. Oh, very good. Uh, so Rocket and Roscoe are team Mile of Golf podcast on... The push-up challenge, which is due to three thousand nine hundred and thirty-one, which represents uh, the amount of suicides in twenty twenty, um, and it's in support of Lifeline. So we're going to run that. You might see some of the uh, requests for donations uh, from the M Logarati coming through on the uh, Twitters and the uh, Instas and whatever else. So um, the links will be there. You can donate. Uh, we would appreciate you donating, and that would be going to help a great cause in Lifeline. Uh, just full declaration, Lifeline is a charity partner of Drum and Golf, of course, which I am part of that Drum and Golf family. So it's part of my duty to help raise funds for Drum and Golf, and uh, this is a worthy cause because uh, with the support of Ben Croker, who um, is a fitness guru down at the Peninsula Kingswood, I've been on a bit of a fitness journey. So this is just going to round that off, that three-month journey in preparation for what are we in preparation for? What's the fitness journey in preparation for, gents? To go to the Open. Um, so, yeah, if you see the links, uh, please be generous. Sub- uh, not subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast. Yes, subscribe. Um, subscribe to our like, journey. Subscribe and reach into your wallet. Correct. Please. Now, uh, on that front, you know, we're always thinking of um, creative creative ways. A lot of people have asked about the pod, uh, podcast merchandise. We're, we're not in the stage of selling po- uh, podcast merchandise yet, but we realise that it's um, highly desirable. Uh, so what I'm going to suggest is if anyone does want a My Love of Golf uh, hoodie, I think that's what they're still called, uh, it's coming into winter, it's certainly hoodie weather down here, it's obviously hoodie weather up in Queensland where Rocket is, and Michael will be having his team hoodie very shortly, as will the Doctore. Uh, if you want one, a limited edition black on white podcast logo um, hoodie, if you donate to our challenge, um, you will qualify to buy one. The only way to get one 
is by donating. Then you have to pay for the hoodie, so the hoodie's not free. Um, you can contact me if you want one. You can buy one from me. I'll get it sent directly to your door, but you must donate. There you go. That's it. Uh, how much the hoodies are? I think they're about seventy bucks, something like that. You know, includes a bit of freight and handling, all that sort of stuff. This yeah. this would be like this is this is like you think about those people that are looking at the price of a Tirana SLR five thousand today, and thinking about I wish I, I I kept that one that I had, or my dad kept that one that he bought back in nineteen seventy five. This hoodie is the SLR five thousand twenty years from now. Exactly right. There are only there will only be f- uh, one, two, three, four, five, six in existence. You know, six officially uh, endorsed hoodies out there. That's rarer than the Ferrari 250 GTO. Uh, the other two are with the um, OG Salty Crew, so that's part of the uh, Salty Oof. Salty conglomerate. Uh, Big thing. It's already like, retro. It's already retro. That's, that's, exactly. how, that's how retro it is. Like <laughs> the retro make- guys are already going. My you, God, this you, thing is already retro. I need it now. You want to make a hoodie cool? You just put it in the hands of old Salty, and uh, it's cool. So if you want one, you can they've buy. One. Rec- they've already recognised the retro value of this mm-hmm. already. I've donated. I mean, okay, j- just did it. Thank you. Uh, Rock and I will be doing push-ups. And Rocket, I, I qualified today, and you might have got the email. You can do push-ups in a number of ways. It doesn't have to be these ones. It can be as long as you're pushing something, pushing up off something, um, you can cl- count that as a push-up. I'll tell you what, I'll be trying to do the number of them. I know what I'll be pushing, and it's something uphill. No, but when your group meetings there, when you're standing at your stand-up desk, you know, kumbayaing with uh, the World Internet Security Council, um, you can do some little squats, something like that. You can do all that. Actually, do you know what? If 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 there's some, if there's squats and stuff like that that might qualify, that actually could be could be quite good. You know, turn the camera off, just let the sound, someone jabber jabber in the background, and yeah. you know. Punch out a bit of exercise for, for three weeks. Get a bit of muscle on those thighs. Fill out those, um, you know, short longs, long shorts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I'm so self-conscious now of that shit. <laughs> Sorry for swearing. <laughs> I'm so self-conscious. Is that I've gone and bought some new shorts. <laughs> get the quads get the quads and the calves up for those short longs. Uh, put it this way. I'm so self-conscious. The next time we do that, nice. gonna, oh, the shorts will be above the knee. They will be above the man. I think I'm probably going to have to manis- manicure my legs to make sure it does. I don't get picked on for long hairs or something like that. Uh, if anyone wants to know what we're talking about, you scroll back through uh, the My Love of Golf Instagram and you'll see the reel so there with uh, Rocket uh, where he walks. Who, who up, said that? Who, who said what? Are they short Who long? said that? Are they, one, are they short longs the or long shorts? Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> there's, that many, there's that much commentary going on about you two blokes, so it's hard to keep track of where it's coming from and who. Uh, but anyway, there you go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Uh, we will see you uh, next time on the My Love of Golf podcast. If you've got this far, you are a dead set champion. And uh, we'll see you very shortly. And uh, thanks again. Thanks very much. 